G'day humans, what's a good boy? Chris Fudd here with Alex Freddie Williams for another edition of Wrestling Our Style. Alex, how the bloody hell are you? I'm fantastic. I would prefer it now because I think it's the current trend. Uh, I'm going to go by a AFL 90s footballer name now. So I am now known as Lance Whitnell. Thank you. Ooh. <laughs> 90s footballers. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. I mean, probably James Heard. <laughs> oh, you got to go a little bit more obscure than that. I, yeah, I would have thought for sure you would have picked Dustin Fletcher. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the old. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But he's not really that obscure when you think of how longevity he was. No. Oh, it's been two minutes and we're already sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, well, D- Dustin, Fle- Dustin Fletcher. Yeah, this is. Welcome to weekly Fletcher talk. Um, yeah, Dustin Fletcher is just defensive Lance Whitnell anyway. Yeah, somewhat true, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, you need that bloody photo of Sid. Oh, yeah, Sid and Cuda. It's my favourite. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, let the humans know what your current charity uh, thing you're doing is, because I keep forgetting to bring this up. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm pretty bad at plugging it myself. Uh, it's called Trail Walker, and it's for Oxfam. Uh Oxfam's a fairly well-known charity organisation that provides uh, third-world countries with the the sort of essential supplies we take for granted in our day-to-day lives. Um, Anyway, they have a special challenge for November, which is to walk 100 kilometres in 30 days. Except I kind of stuffed up a little bit because I always track my dog walks on this app called Strava and I connected my Strava app to my Oxfam trail walker profile. So yeah, early in October. So by the end of October, I'd already done 202 kilometers. (laughs) Oh boy. But I set up a new challenge, which was to do the first 100 kilometers in November in nine days or less. Uh, at the time of this recording, I know we don't like to date podcasts, but at the time of this recording, I'm currently at 74.99 kilometres in five days. So I think I should get there pretty easily. But you can find the link to my um, Trail Walker page on my Instagram. It's in my It's in my bio. Uh, at Fruity is Alex. It's probably on my Twitter as well, at Fruity is Alex. If it's not, I'll make sure it is by the time this comes out. And yeah, just any donation is a fantastic donation. I'm also posting on there daily. So you get to see heaps of lovely selfies of me on my dog walks with my tie-dye dude love face mask on. Oh, do you still have to wear masks in country Victoria? Yep. Uh, it's, um, 
I've been meaning to ask you if you guys have to wear them or not. I assume you guys don't because I watched the AFL Grand Final. I could have sworn it was a replay from like a 2019 game because that that place was packed. So you guys must be doing something right up there. Yeah, well, the, the whole country is at the moment. I think we've had almost two days in the past week where it's been zero new cases and like the one day it was was a hotel quarantine case. So we're moving yeah. in the right direction with this thing at least. Yeah, this is it is awesome. Like yeah, some people weren't happy with all the lockdowns, particularly in Victoria, but it's paid off. It's definitely paid off. Like I'd say most of the other states had a pretty good handle on it, but Victoria was a little bit out of control at times. In particular, yeah. a massive round of applause to my fellow Victorians because I did not think we'd be able to get to zero cases in a day, like, as quick as we have, to be honest. I didn't think that was possible. Yeah. Well, I suppose, leaving enough of the, uh, the current non-wrestling talk, we'll get into the news here. Some big stuff to happen the past week. Uh, most notably, Kylie Ray quits Impact Wrestling and wrestling altogether after she was supposed to appear at Bound for Glory the previous weekend. Yeah, she claimed something about her mental health issues, which have been an ongoing issue with her, which is why she left AEW uh, just after Fighter Fest last year. Uh, if you recall, Kylie Ray was one of the first two women signed with AEW and from all reports, she was going to be pretty much the face of the division for a little while. And yeah, she pretty much left in a very similar sort of uh, situation as she has here with Impact. Yeah, I suppose the only only real thing to add there is we hope she gets the, the help that she needs. Yeah, like as much as I... I am legitimately a big Kylie Ray fan and I think her overall presentation is great, her music is great, her wrestling's great, her gimmick's great. As much as I would love to see her in the ring again, I think the most important thing is that whatever's going on, she gets it taken care of and she's in a happier place in her life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on from there, WWE began to enforce its Twitch crackdown from November the 1st. Uh, do you follow many of the WWE wrestlers on Twitch? Um, so it's funny you bring that up because Eliza's been making fun of me lately because in the past couple of weeks I've randomly just become a Twitch fiend. Um I'm just on Twitch all the time, just watching people. I used to make fun of people for watching Twitch, but now I'm on it all the time. Um, yeah, I follow a lot of wrestlers on Twitch. I, I follow I follow Zelina Vega and Alistair Black. I follow Ryback. <laughs> yes, Ryback has Twitch, and it is so inappropriate. I uh, follow Brandon Cutler, Paige, Lita, Miro, Kip Sabian, Drake Maverick, Cole Cabana. I could go on for hours about them all. Uh, Do you follow any of the Aussie ones? 
I follow well. I followed Shane Thorne, but he hasn't done anything in a bit. I follow Slappy. Yeah, old Slappy. I follow Jet Vruka and JXT, but they haven't done anything in a bit either. Okay, um, I'll send you a few when I get off air. Awesome, awesome. Because... I also fo- I follow uh, one of my favorite comedians from Auntie Donna on um, Twitch as well, and he's amazing on it. Ooh. <laughs> if you know Auntie Donna, they were um, the hosts of, like, what was it, MCW Ballroom Brawl last year? They yeah. were the comedians that got laid out by Gino. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's just my taste in comedy, but I haven't seen them before. I didn't enjoy that. Alright. Yeah, they're they're a very they're like a real random slash like I don't know, just really random over the top sort of comedy that I kind of find mindless and fun. But yeah, you have to be in a particular mood about it. But back to wrestling Twitch. Um yeah. I'm pretty devastated about this whole November 1st, like, cracking down on WWE Twitch guys because my favourite WWE Twitcher was Drew Gulak, of all people. Um, You go, if you get the chance, and if you can, because some of those people don't let you watch their past streams, if you get the chance... Look up Drew Gulak's Twitch because he does. Um, he was doing this thing like called the Coach's Corner or something every Wednesday with Coach Drew Gulak, and they would just and he would just put on some old wrestling matches that he loves, and he would like uh, dissect the in-ring psychology, the technique, the behind the scenes about some of his favorite matches of all time. He'd really like technique and skill involved in the matches. I've got like, it up now. Is he watching a Noah match? Yeah, yeah. He watched, um, what was it? Kensuke Sasaki versus Kenta Kibashi. Ooh. And it is just a banger. It's that match where they chop each other for like 10 minutes straight. It's just insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, that same stream, he goes from watching um, Kensuke Sasaki versus Kenta Kibashi to show you the range in wrestling that he loves. And then the very next match he shows is like a no-rope barbed wire death match from CZW involving Jesus! Zandig. <laughs> Jesus! Yeah. Jesus! Um, Am I at least yeah. good at that one? Yeah, you're good at that one. You're better at, better than me at that one. Uh, I'll yeah. stick to my <laughs> old 80s wrestlers. <laughs> Watching that much botch manga finally pays off. <laughs> um, yeah, Twitch, I don't watch a lot of the, the international wrestlers. Like, I saw a bit of AJ's and it's just like, okay, and Page is a fun watch. Um, Page is, but I I find Page also has, like, there's, I swear to God, like, 25% of her streams are just her staring at the camera and, like, 
checking herself out or something. I don't know. Like half of it is just like white noise. She's not saying anything. Fair enough. Um, yeah, but I follow a lot of the Aussie wrestlers on there. Uh, yeah, send something. me some links. Yeah. Yeah, I'll uh, definitely check them out because, um, yeah, it's becoming a new favourite pastime of mine. <laughs> oh, man. Um, something that's probably not a certain footballer's favourite is Brendan Vink is now named Tony Modra. The Godra. Like, <laughs> why? He's an Adelaide boy. Did you see any of t- the real Tony Modra's response? I did not. I saw the notes you wrote. Um, full disclosure, humans. Uh, Chris sends me some notes for the news or whatever, and I've just got one dot point here, and it says, Brendan Vink is now Tony Modra, and Adelaide's Tony Modra is pissed. That is the first I've heard of it anyway. So that's that's hilarious. Uh, there was an article on uh, foxfooty.com from the Fox Sports News Australia section. Um, pretty much just said, yeah, that he's annoyed, doesn't understand why he's calling himself Tony Modra, annoyed that WWE now owns a copyright on his name in Australia. I get that. Yeah, I get that. Is it spelt the same? Yeah, I get that. It'd be like... It'd be like, uh, let's see, who's one of the English wrestlers who's sort of lower on the card? Um, Danny Birch. It'd be like if Danny Birch came out and renamed himself, um, um, oh, God, what's his name? Wimbledon player, won the cup. Um, action movie star, Vinnie Jones. Because he's got that sort of look about him. I was going to say... Um... When was Vinnie Jones in Wimbledon? He played for Wimbledon FC in the 1980s. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, I read that the wrong way. Oh, tennis. (laughs) Yep. You made it sound like Vinnie Jones had won the Wimbledon Cup in tennis. (laughs) And I was like, what? I'm missing something here. But yeah, yeah, Vinnie Jones. Uh, it's gonna be emotional. That's a that's a real deep cut reference for anyone that has seen. Um, can't remember if it was Insurrection or Rebellion from 1998 in the WWF. Oh, it's a God, real. Man. That's the deepest of cuts, I would say. Speaking of uh, post wrestling, didn't those guys review that for why they rewind aways? Oh, they did too, yeah. Whichever probably... one Vinnie Jones is in, that's why I remember it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, not too long before that, I watched it. <laughs> so, yeah, just randomly just chuck... Sometimes I just chuck on a random pay-per-view to, like, do my housework to or, like, you know, play with the dogs and have a pay-per-view on in the background. Speaking of post-wrestling, I'll be a guest on there shortly for one of their rewind aways. You yeah. are in the selection I made. Was it a good choice? I I think so. Um, it's also good for the betterment of our 
of our podcast because you're going to get a lot of TNA out of your system because, yeah, we can't continue going on massive TNA tangents like we do. So hopefully this gets a bit out of your system. <laughs> uh, I won't say what it is because I don't know if the guys have revealed it yet. They have. But, uh, okay, so it was <laughs> WWE Raw versus TNA Impact January 4th, 2010. Second yeah. Okay, night war. Yeah. <laughs> they said um they're going to watch the Bret Hart segments from the Raw and they'll watch the entire Impact. Yeah. Um yeah, if you haven't listened to that one yet, I'll let you know. I recorded that at like 1 a.m. It's not my best work. <laughs> well, yeah, I know how that feels because we recently recorded a podcast around 1am and by the end of that podcast, I reckon I was pretty dopey. <laughs> oh, well. uh, back to the news. Final item of the week is the Hillsong Church Organisation has brought Festival Hall in Melbourne for $23 million Australian dollars. That's honestly... Honestly, that is not as much as I thought it would go for. I suppose COVID and hard times. They haven't been running anything for so many months. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, for any sort of building in Melbourne, that isn't that bad. Yeah. Um, I suppose a major uh, comment they made about the future of the venue was, quote, Hillsong Church will be the anchor tenant. In other words, every Saturday night or Sunday morning or whenever we have church, it will be it will be our venue. But we're going to continue running it as a community venue to reach out to the community. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, Aussie musicians sort of react to this, motiv- most notably negatively, as they feel uh, losing Saturday night and Sundays will... Uh, impact whether or not they can play there plus if they're sort of not aligned in christian values they might be able to get a uh, spot there yeah i don't expect wrestle rock to be able to secure festival hall anytime soon nor do i expect any death metal bands playing there anytime soon now because of this um like i know you you've never gone to see wrestling there your dad did I think you've said on the podcast before? Yeah, your dad or your uncle? Um, yeah, my dad ever... and my uncle they got in a fight <laughs> with each uh, other. <laughs> the wrong guy went over. You take that back. <laughs> uh, uh, I want a killer Carl Cox to win. I want an Ox Baker to win. Oh, <laughs> uh, the boss man's gonna listen to this and hate me. <laughs> He's a very, very nice man, your dad. But um, <laughs> I, this, I suppose the follow-up question was, have you ever gone there for like a music event, like a music gig? Uh, no, uh, I've been in there for something. I think I just walked in there once. We're on like a Melbourne school trip and I just wandered in there just to check, check it out. But uh, I, I've never had 
been to anything there, like a gig or anything, which is kind of disappointing. Yeah, and sort of wait and see what the uh, future will be because it sort of has been the main venue New Japan has run in Australia. And uh, at the end of the uh, rundown here, we will be talking about a bit of New Japan. Oh, boy. Um, I'm... I'm pretty behind the times on my New Japan news at the minute. Like I said, Twitch has taken up my life. So so you might be breaking some news to me that I genuinely don't know. <laughs> ah, that's all good, man. Um, so with that being said, like I've got no prejudice against any religious organisation. It's just... um something I want to touch on there and yeah a lot of the musicians I follow like I've made it known before I like Aussie hip-hop their tastes sort of questionable if you're a religious organization maybe but um yeah I've got nothing against them it just I just want music to sort of keep running in that historical venue uh maybe Aussie hip-hop and the new owners can have some sort of collaboration be the Hillsong Hoods. Okay, that's going against the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, down to the uh, the actual wrap this week. So we start Wednesday, October 28th for Impact Wrestling. Uh, first match was a Impact World Title match. Rich Swan, the new champ, following Bound for Glory, defeated Eric Young. A hardcore Halloween match where Tommy Dreamer defeated Brian Myers, a tag team match where Team Triple XL, AC Romero and Larry D defeated the Rascals, Des and Wince, and a tag team match where Kira Hogan and Tasha Stills defeated Alicia Edwards and Jordan Grace. Uh, your quick thoughts here, Alex. Um, did you know it was Halloween last week? Did you have any idea because my god did wrestling love to remind us last week yeah uh, um i, I actually I, enjoy it. go on i suppose i don't celebrate halloween but do you not really um yeah on my oxfam trail walker thing on halloween i the title of my blog was uh hang on <laughs> i'm gonna bring it up because i think it was it was hilarious it was something like uh hang on oh my god i did a lot of walks oh yeah um <laughs> spooky walk i got rained on how spooky happy halloween Spoopy walk. <laughs> so spooky. Um, no, nah, I don't really celebrate Halloween, although like, I might watch some horror movies or watch something Halloween-related. I, I watched an old Halloween Havoc on Saturday night. <laughs> Ooh, how was that? Uh, it was really good. I watched... Uh, I watched an old favourite of mine, Halloween Havoc 1991, The Chamber of Horrors. Abdullah the Butcher getting electrocuted. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> another quick 
Oh, any quick thoughts on impact? I suppose we got sidetracked with Halloween. Yeah, uh, I, I actually loved the hardcore Halloween match. It was silly and all that, but the thumbtacks and candy corn spot was great. Um, the fact that it the entire time and it the whole entire time swoggle was in the trash can uh that was good um i enjoyed heath trying to not let anyone know that he was injured so he can sign his contract i enjoyed that um but i guess we should probably talk about the big bit of business from this episode, right? Yeah, um, just quickly before that, I forgot to mention that Bound for Glory, the Impact's tag team knockout champion, was it? Impact Knockout's tag team championship is coming back, and in my opinion, their division is more stacked than the WWE at the moment. <sighs> New Japan has a better women's tag team division than WWE. The, jo- the joke is they don't have any women. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. The knockouts division in general is just insane. I just hope... I just hope that this... Like, sometimes promotions bring in a women's tag team title... And then all of a sudden a few people leave and all that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden, oh, well, Eric Young and ODB can be the Knockouts Tag Champions for two years now. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. It was sort of weird how it all ended there. But they certainly have done a better job of building this up than their their main competitor in North America with their actual women's titles yeah definitely i would say the build-up to the wwe women's tag team titles was pretty good i'd say the follow-up that's the issue um yeah so i'm excited uh who do you think will get the straps straight away hogan and steel i think yeah, it's so other Rosemary and Valkyrie. That would be good. Um, I, I could say Havoc and Nevaeh with it, but I think it would be Hogan and Steels, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steels. Don't want to confuse anyone and let anyone think that the uh, knockouts lore of Brooke Hogan's back in the company. forgot about that but uh yeah anyway um main event at the set of the show hey sinmin's back he's always so good the sinister minister he he's amazing uh yeah reverend james mitchell the sinister minister oh man just everything about it his tna theme music by the way oh I dropped the ball on that. I should have made that somewhere in my top 10 of the TNA team th- uh, theme songs. Oh, I dropped yeah. the ball hard. Never know. We could come back to it in a couple of years. 
Oh, I'd prefer not to. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so they do the whole wedding segment. Bravo's out there. The lights go out. They come back on. And Bravo's been shot and we go off the air. This was so good. Um, no? Tom, Tommy Dreamer. With just, like, the most deliberately bad acting. Like, I know Tommy Dreamer can do some good acting. and So so the acting being so bad here makes me think that he deliberately did it bad. Um, Bravo, no! Who shot Bravo? Oh, what's that one? What's the one always from WWF everyone brings up when they say no? Oh, Terry, no. (laughs) Yeah, Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, Royal Rumble 2000. Woof. Woof. Jeff Um, Hardy. Yeah. So this segment, I, I loved it. Like... The the thing it did is that it got, like, I had people, like, in my little messenger group that talks about wrestling that never mentioned Impact, and they asked me, like, did someone seriously get shot on Impact? It got people talking. It got people that don't watch their show talking about their show. So, it worked. Uh, thumbs up this week from me. Yeah, big thumbs up. Uh, special shout out. Brian Myers looks so good in that uh, hardcore Halloween match. Here I am being a Mark boy again. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, go on to Thursday, October 29th for WWE NXT US. Opening match NXT. Uh-um. Call it by its proper name, thank you, for this week. Oh, yeah. NXT US presents Pumpkin Night. Put some (laughs) respect, pa. If you will. Uh, Yeah, NXT Halloween Havoc TV special. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So, first match, NXT North American Championship in a Devil's Playground match. Alex, do you care to explain what a Devil's Playground is? It's a, uh, I guess it's a hardcore match with lots of spooky weapons. Yeah, so Damien <laughs> Priest, the champion here going in, is defeated by Johnny Gargano. Next, we had a non-title singles match. Santos Escobar with Walking Wild and Raul Mendoza defeated Jake Atlas. Following that was a haunted House of Terror match. Alex, what exactly is a haunted House of Terror? Uh, it's a real terrifying house. <laughs> it's a little bit haunted. Oh, man. Uh, zombies. So, it's spooky. It's Halloween. Spooky. Uh, so Dexter Loomis here defeats Cameron Grimes. Following that, a singles match where Rhea Ripley defeated Ra- Raquel Gonzalez. And in the main event, an NXT women's championship match, a table, ladders, and scare match. Alex! Care to explain this one? 
Well, she pulled out a table. There was a. She opened it up and she saw all these severed limbs and she got scared. Table, ladders, and scares. I'm de- I'm gonna defend this show till the day I die. <laughs> so Eo Shirai, the champion, defeats Candice LeRae to retain. Uh, any quick thoughts here, Alex, on Halloween Havoc? Yeah, this was the best episode of wrestling television. I know you, you, it's not down your alley. It's not your style. But I honestly believe that this had everything that, for all sorts of wrestling fans. It had the horrible campy stuff, which is just amazing for me. Had a fantastic in-ring promo from Pat McAfee. He had some great cruiserweight action. He had some great plunder matches. Um, he had some good video packages. He had some awesome like comedy with Drake Maverick and the Yeti and the Giant humping Drake Maverick as Drake Maverick's dressed up as ho- ho- from Halloween Havoc 5. And then in the background... You got Killian Dane dressed up as the Shockmaster. Like, come on. This is amazing. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give you all the backstage stuff. But I'm over NXT gimmick matches for the sake of a match. I think uh, for this particular thing. Sorry? You there? I think um, I think they had to have gimmick matches for this one. If they didn't do a single gimmick match on this, I would have been pissed. Like this is Halloween Havoc. The yeah, gi- spin the wheel, make the deal. You got to have gimmick matches. I I agree with that. It's just what since um. Oh, even before um, Scarlet and um, Killer, no, not Killer. Um, Carrion. Carrion uh, lost the title. We've been seeing like gimmick matches like once every three weeks or convoluted type tournament thingies. Yeah, well, yeah. They may have overexposed gimmick matches before this, but as far as far as gimmick matches being a part of this, I think it's fine. But I also see your point of they've done a lot of gimmick matches leading up to this, so maybe it was overexposure. Now, Listen, go on. Now I want to know what did you think of the haunted haunted house of terror? Because I thought it was so good. It, it was, was so, so bad, funny. it was good. Yeah, it was so hilarious. Like, Cameron Grimes was so good at it. Like, like I made Eliza watch it, and she loved it. She thought it was so funny and so good. I never make Eliza watch current wrestling, but she watched that, and she Did loved she it. Did you the G1 final? No. Where Kota Ibushi became a god with a capital G. <laughs> no. 
Oh, she actually watched Table Ladders and Scares as well. She enjoyed that. She she likes watching the women as well. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah go on. I think, like, in a vacuum, this was a good night. But the fact we've had so many gimmick matches on NXT and gimmicked gimmick matches on NXT, like, two of these gimmick matches were for the championship. It's like... So they, sh- but they should be too because the Garganos have been like little poo heads, and they've, and this is like for both of these matches, it was, uh, the second match, the continuation of a feud, or in both of these cases, I think maybe the culmination of a feud. Maybe, um, yeah. Overall, I'm done with gimmick matches especially from nxt at the moment i'd like to see a break for a little while thumbs down (gasps) Uh, i think it was the perfect wrestling show thumbs all the way up and i've i've what i've watched it about two and a half times i thought it was so good um shotzi like doing like campy halloween host was so good as well Oh, there's so many things I loved on this show that I just don't... I don't know if we have enough time to talk about everything I loved on it. But, yeah, this reinvigorated my love for wrestling was this one show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And they won the ratings war for one week. Oh, did they really? Yeah. It was like 800,000 to like 750,000. It wasn't by much. It was 50,000 or so, I think. Well, that's, that's good. Yeah, well, it, it, the best part about that is that they're going to have to do another Halloween Havoc next year. And no. I just want that. I want that brand to stay alive. I want them to bring back Halloween Havoc. I want them to bring back Starcade. I want them to keep Great American Bash. They uh, do do my... Starcade. It's a SmackDown house show. <laughs> I want the network NXT... sometimes. I want NXT to do a proper Starcade. <laughs> um, yeah, I-, I want all those nostalgia events that NXT do to stick around. So I'm glad they won this week. Except they didn't win in the key demo. The 50 plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that one. The um, the actual the, key demo. That's the Ring of Honor key demo. <laughs> <laughs> that's the... I, I think that might even be a little bit too young for Ring of Honor. Oh, those ads. <laughs> <laughs> They're so bad. Oh, it's the Big Hurt or whatever his name is. <laughs> That former American the book. big hunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anywho, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think anyone listening got those references we just made then, but we're amused, so that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, all Elite Wrestling Dynamite from Thursday the 29th. Uh, opening match was a World Title Eliminator Tournament semi-final match. Adam Page defeated Wardlow. Then Andy Kingston, who had the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny in his corner, defeated Matt Seidel. 
a TNT title lumberjack match where Cody with Arn Anderson, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall in his corner defeated Orange Cassidy who had Chuck Taylor and Trent in his corner, meaning Cody retains. Oh, Alex, have you been watching any of NWA UWF primetime Hollywood championship wrestling thing? Uh... No, but I know what you're going to talk about, and I knew about it. I was blown away by it, but yeah. So apparently what we thought was going to happen isn't because last Tuesday, Thunder Rosa lost the NWA World Women's Championship to Serena Deeb. Now, isn't Serena Deeb signed to AEW? Yes. It's and made things so much more confusing. Is she also signed to NWA before she was signed to AEW? As far as I know of, no one is signed to NWA anymore. Legitimately. Aldis? He might be sticking with him, but I... Like, Allison K just got released from NWA. Thunder Rosa apparently is getting released from her contract. So, I don't know. I, I guess they might not be keeping people to exclusive contracts anymore, and that might be their new game plan. While they're in this um, period of not fully running. Yeah. So I think they're just letting their people do whatever they want to do. If they want to go off sign somewhere, they can. So that brings about this match where Serena Deeb, the new NWA World Women's Champion, is defending against Layla Hirsch. Um, ends up defeating her, retains here. Following that was a singles match. Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard defeated BSK. Mm. Oh, sorry. sorry. Oh, you mentioned Sean Spears and I just yawned. Sorry. Hey, that man's <laughs> a perfect 10. How dare you insult him? Oh, no, he's an honorary Australian. I should be a little bit nicer to him. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that also, be nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, main event, AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament, semi-final match number two, Kenny Omega defeats Penta L0. What? Has he changed was... his last name again? It's Penta L0M, isn't it? Or is what? it Miedo now? I don't know. Okay. Kenny Omega defeats Penta L0M with Ray Phoenix in his corner. Uh, your quick thoughts here, Alex. Um, wow. All right. How do I be quick about this? Uh, Layla Hirsch has such a huge future in wrestling, and she, she should be part of Team Taz. Because she is Lady Taz. She's a short, you know, sort of stockier sort of girl with like big muscular legs that can suplex people like she is just female Taz so she needs to be part of AEW and needs to be part of Team Taz just saying that's a good good thing I didn't even think of uh yeah yeah anything Uh, else there yeah John Moxley cut a fantastic promo on this episode uh, to be expected, to be honest. Um, yeah, the guy does that, but then he gets in the ring and it's like, oh, hey, it's Dean Ambrose. Uh, yeah. 
Um, then the inner circle town hall. Oh my god, yeah. Um, I don't know how I felt about this segment in particular, but you know what I did love? Easy E. Eric Bischoff on my television once again. And not only that, oh, you're going to bring back an old WCW pay-per-view? We'll bring back the old WCW boss to counteract it. I thought he was only doing that one appearance and he was done. He's part of the Conrad Thompson crew now. So the Conrad Thompson crew, which consists of Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross, Arn Anderson, uh, Bruce Pritchard as well, but Bruce Pritchard's in WWE. You got Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross, Arn Anderson, and Eric Bischoff. I think um, I think it's pretty obvious Conrad's got some tie-ins with Cody because he always talks about going around to Cody's house for a barbecue. Like, so uh, Conrad easy with some easy paydays, I think. Hmm, maybe. Um, from there. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about Orange Cassidy losing another championship match? Like, I feel, honestly, how many more big matches can the guy lose? I don't think he needs to win. <laughs> honestly. Granted, but why keep putting him in these matches? Yeah, um, that's a point. Because uh, eventually he's going to get to a point where, who was it that always challenged for the WWF title around the early 2000s but never won? I'm going to forget now, but um, he, he's sort of getting to that territory where he keeps challenging, keeps putting on a good match, keeps losing. So it's like, oh, are you not anything more? I don't think he has to be, though. Like, because Orange Cassidy is a gimmick. And the gimmick is that you don't... That you're not really meant to expect much from him. So the fact that he takes a champ to the limit is a win, basically. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I'm just not sure how much he can actually keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, they could risk, like, completely burying him, but I don't think that'll happen anytime soon. Um, yeah, I think Orange Cassidy's way too over to ever for wins and losses to matter with him, to be honest. He's, like, one of those guys, like a Daniel Bryan, where it doesn't matter if he loses, to be honest. Like, Daniel Bryan loses... Like, it gets someone else over so much because they beat someone people loved. And mind you, Cody doesn't really need that, but Daniel Bryan never gets damaged by losing, to be honest. And Orange Cassidy is very similar, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe it's just me sort of thinking, like, uh, not even old school, more new school mentality where you keep putting a guy in that position if he keeps losing, the audience isn't going to react to it. But 
even when the crowd was still there, the audience was still reacting for Orange. So, yeah, I suppose, and this being a weird time, you're sort of going to get a massive pop for the first few months when you do come back. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, I said... Also, quickly, Adam Page versus Wardlow was a low-key, absolute banger. Just, like, insanely good. Like, Wardlow is just way better than I thought he was. And Adam Page is... He's ready. Yeah. Um, so I thought, overall, Dynamite this week, thumbs in the middle. Yourself? Thumbs up. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Uh, Alex, you've done more homework than me this week, young man. <laughs> you want to talk about Friday, October the 30th for WWE NXT UK? Yeah. Um, if you want me to talk about anything that happened besides the main event, your SOL, as they say. Um, yeah, that ain't happening. Um, but I saw a lot of buzz online about the main event from NXT UK, so I thought I should probably check it out. And, oh, my God, if you love hard-hitting wrestling, technical wrestling, grappling, do yourselves a favour, humans. Check out NXT UK for the NXT UK Championship, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Oh my god, it was it's currently my front runner for match of the year, in all honesty. So yeah, it's one of the better matches. It's definitely the best match of any empty arena shows. Yep. Um yeah, and I would include Thunderdome as part of an in- empty arena category. Um so my front runner for best match of the year so far. It's just insanely good. Like six six beers and a shot of whiskey from me. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm breaking my scale for it. <laughs> breaking your own scale. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, do yourselves a favour, check that out. But what else do we have to talk about, buddy? Did you, didn't you didn't uh, you want to say you've seen some people uh, give it their own rankings? Yeah, M- Melter, Big Daddy Dave, uh, he gave it five stars. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, that's one style of opinion. Well, let's have a look at the complete opposite end of the board. Jim Cornette said it was an absolute absolute masterpiece in wrestling, a masterclass. So um, you got two guys, complete opposite sides of the spectrum, both agreeing that this match was something beyond uh, beyond special. So yeah, out people. Ooh. maybe I should have checked it out now. <laughs> Like, seriously, like, you would love it. Okay, when I get time. <laughs> um, yeah, it it was like Abushi versus Suzuki times two. 
Oh, that's a big statement. <laughs> yeah, I probably should stop hyping it up because it's just going to, like, if I keep saying it's the greatest thing ever, you're just going to be expecting that and you might not get it. So, yeah, it was pretty good. It's worth yeah. your time. It's worth my time. It's worth my nine ninety nine. Yeah, like, just don't check out the rest the... of don't watch the rest of the show because God knows I didn't. <laughs> Effort the loving endorse there for NXT UK. Yeah, ah. but that shows if if a match gets enough buzz, I'll go out and check it. Fair enough. So from there we talk Saturday, October thirty first, twenty twenty for WWE SmackDown. Survivor Series qualifying match. Kevin Owens defeats Dolph Ziggler, who had Robert Roode in his corner. A Survivor Series qualifying triple threat match where Bianca Belair defeated Billy Kay and Natalya. A non-title tag team match where the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford defeated Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. And then the main event, a Survivor Series qualifying match. Jey Uso defeated Daniel Bryan. Do you mind if I start? Go for it. Out of the three qualifying matches, two of these people were not on this brand last month. Who won? Yeah, but I, I don't know. Like, they should be on the team, though. Granted, but, like, we're going to get that stupid <laughs> invasion thing. And it's like, why do you care? You weren't even. You were on the other show last month. Yeah, I guess. I guess. But that's like saying to, like, I don't know, like, a Collingwood footballer goes to Carlton, right? And then, yeah, like, Dale Thomas comes over from Collingwood to Carlton and then plays against Collingwood and is angry at Collingwood and is hyped up against Collingwood. Of course he cares, because he's part of the team. They're part of Team Blue now, man. Don't pretend that's a thing. They're ready for a good time. There it is. Um, (laughs) They've had that many shake-up, invitational, wild-card, brand-to-brand, superstar thingies. It's just, there is no credibility in this brand split. Why should I care about Survivor Series? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, what else do you have to add on SmackDown? I thought SmackDown was really good, though. Yeah. Like, the Bailey-Sasha thing is is good fun. Um, I actually enjoyed this week's incarnation of the Buddy Murphy-Aaliyah saga. They kissed th- this time. I was uh, really hoping uh, they wouldn't. I was really hoping they wouldn't go there, but they did. Um, I thought you were saying they weren't going to do that. Yeah, I thought they wouldn't. I thought they might have been a little bit more creative than that, but they weren't, no. Um, The standard was still too high. Yeah, I I thought they could have done something a little bit more out of the box. Yeah. but the continuation of the Jey Uso Roman Reigns thing now Jey Uso is part of Roman Reigns's you know bloodlines or whatever 
is he is part of the tribe now. He does recognize Roman Reigns as his tribal chief. Yeah, that was great. I think SmackDown has been like a quiet, like quietly since about SummerSlam has been pretty consistently good. And it's all due to Roman Reigns carrying this show. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree there. And yeah, you point out a lot of points I actually enjoyed. So I'm going to bump up my rating to a thumb sideways. <laughs> You're a tough man to play sometimes. I- I'm going to give it a thumbs up as well. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, from there, no pay per views this week. Thank God. <laughs> Because, don't get used to it. Because next week we got two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Going forward to Tuesday, November 3rd, Ring of Honor Wrestling number 476, the pure tournament final, as well as a impromptu six-man. Well, I say impromptu because I thought it'd be the final for the whole episode as we've been discussing in the lead-up. <laughs> yeah, I was I was positive this was going to happen this week, but you weren't quite sure. I thought they might have held it off until the following week because of the um, announced time limit for the final. But uh, opening match was a six-man tag team match. The team of Shane... Taylor Promotions, which is Shane Taylor and the Soldiers of Savagery, Moses and Khan, defeated the team of EC3 and the Briscoes, Jay and Mark Briscoe. In the main event for the vacant Ring of Honor Pure Championship, it was Jonathan Gresham who defeated Tracy Williams in 1437 by submission. Um, yeah, your quick thoughts here, Alex. Uh, the final was kind of meh. You know what? I actually agree. I thought thought, this tournament's been really good all the way through, and the ending sort of came out of nowhere to the point where I actually rewound twice to rewatch it. Yeah, I I thought it was kind of trash. I thought this week's episode in general was pretty ordinary. And yeah. honestly, I don't know if I'll be watching Ring of Honor TV next week. Honestly. Because so, like the Pure Tournament was great, but it ended up on such a low note for me. And then, like, you know, as the tournaments progressed, they've slowly started sprinkling in, like, non-Pure ROH stuff. Like, all the other stuff. And I'm saying it, and I'm like, oof. I don't care. <laughs> just Oof, you wait I don't care until, about that. Yeah. Just you wait until the bounces come back. I Do actually like the bounces. I like the bounces because we need we need guys that look like that in wrestling. Yeah. Um, so my notes here actually for the tournament final was this was the weakest of the tournament matches. Why would Tracy take off his shoulder guard just so Gresham could target it. Like, that made no sense. Yeah. For him to hype up, he takes off his shoulder guard, Gresham attacks him, gets that shoulder, starts working it over, and he's, like, done a minute after taking his shoulder guard off. 
Pretty uh, dumb. Uh, the Sixth Man with featuring EC3, the essential character. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's almost yeah. as good as, was it? The most professional, professional wrestler? Yeah, the most professional. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Your friend. Yeah, my buddy. I've got like, <laughs> I've got like half a dozen like Brian Myers, Matt Cardona signatures, just like right to the right of me right now. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. So, given what it was, and it just being the weakest tournament match, I think I've given every week of Ring of Honor since we've started talking a thumbs up. Like the sit down was great, but the match itself was. I don't know if it was just these two guys didn't click as well as what they thought they would on paper, but yeah, it just sort of wasn't as good as the others. I gave it a thumb sideways this week. Oh, guess, guess who gets to be bad cop this time? Thumbs down, not watching next week. <laughs> Lost the viewer. Oh, well, you can go back to your NXT UK with Noam Dar and and other the other people <laughs> people yeah yeah uh, oh man no. uh, I keep wanting to name NXT UK people but like I'm not even entirely sure if they've been cancelled or not so it's just pretty, there. yeah it's just pretty safe to assume that half of the UK wrestling scene got cancelled this year, so you're better off just not naming anyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from there, Tuesday, November 3rd, 2024, WWE Raw. Opening match, guitar on a pole match. Russo, you've done it again. <laughs> Why are we doing this? To be f- <laughs> like, the feud has been trash. But to be fair, the central point of the feud has been hitting someone with a guitar. So... Broke thousands of guitars, never drew a dime. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Love that clip every time it's on OSW. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So it's Jeff Hardy who defeats Elias. The WWE Women's Tag Team titles were on the line where Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defeated Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. A non-title match where Bobby Lashley defeated (laughs) R-Truth. I forgot to write which title was on the line. (laughs) Do you remember which title wasn't on the line? I guess both. Well, it was a non-title match, so both titles weren't on the line. The US and the 24-7. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's supposed to be on the line every time unless it's stated. Oh, man. Well, there was a match immediately after that, technically. Oh, yeah, I've just given up on that division. I'm no longer taking notes on any of that. Well, that... my coach, Drew Gulak, won the 24-7 title, so that's cool. <laughs> that dumpster segment the week after the shark attack was jumping the shark for a second time. 
If if they could be really meta with that, like, yeah, if they could do things like, oh, Akira Tozawa literally jumping a shark, or, like, someone wins the title in a literal dumpster fire, if they can do real meta things like that, that could bring interest to the division. Maybe. Uh, triple threat match where Braun Strowman defeated Keith Lee and Sheamus. A singles match where Nia Jax with Shayna Baszler defeated Lana. A non-title tag team match where the Hurt Business, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin with Bobby Lashley defeated the New Day, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. A singles match Ricochet defeated Tucker. And a... Tucker! Yeah, go on, go on. I'll talk about it later. And a two-on-one handicap match where Drew McIntyre defeated the Miz and John Morrison. Go on, Alex. What are your thoughts on old Tucker? Last week, they moved him from the roster page of Raw back to SmackDown, and then... Just before Raw, they moved him back onto the Raw page. And you wonder why I get angry at Survivor Series meaning nothing. (laughs) And not only that, could this be the worst follow-up to a tag team breakup ever? Like, the worst follow-up to a heel turn ever? Tucker losing to Jobber Ricochet in, like, a minute? They did that one week where, was it Billy slapped Peyton? And then they'll find the next week? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, like you said, that's not really a turn. This one was a full-on turn in a pivotal match on a pay-per-view. And this is how they follow it up. And, like, Tucker comes out in his, like, complete ham and egg and jabroni tights like his new look that looks absolute trash he's got his old it must be his old like nxt jobber tights because it's got knight on the back even though oh my god tucker knight <laughs> yeah it had it literally had knight on the back of it so it must be his old like nxt jobber pants and yeah like this guy looked like such an idiot like, such a goof. Like, yeah, I, I feel bad for the dude, but geez. Like, if you're losing a ricochet in 2020, you suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else to add on, Raw? Because that was sort of my main point that I was going to bring up. <laughs> and you've already touched on everything I wanted to. So, I'm in complete agreement with you there. Um, I actually really want Cedric Alexander and Sheldon Benjamin to beat the New Day for the titles. Might just be me, but I actually really like them as a tag team. Like, yeah, but these titles mean nothing. I think beating the New Day for the titles means something. Something's better than nothing where they were told by the teacher to swap play toys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I also... 
I also like really love the Hurt Business. I want them to like all have titles. So yeah, I think they're amazing. They're uh, just being mismanaged at the moment. Now, is it just my notes here because I've only got the matches listed? But did we see an appearance from your favorite group at all? I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Retribution came out and beat up Ricochet, and they beat up Tucker, and they beat up Ricochet again. I thought for sure Tucker was going to join Retribution. It seemed like he was about to join him, but he didn't. I was like, just chuck him in there. He's already a loser. So... I'm normally the one who lists off all the retribution names. Let's see how you do this week. T-Bar, Mace. Yeah, who's T-Bar, though? T-Bar is Dominic Dijakovic. Yeah. Mace is Dio Madden. Slapjack yep. is Shane Thorne. Yep. Oh, this last one always gets me because it's so similar to their stable name, so I'll get confused. Reckoning is Mayor Yim. Reckoning? Reckoning or Retaliation, I don't know. One of yeah, them Reckoning. Is... Yeah, Retaliation got cut. Maybe yep. Retaliation is going to do form her own little Retribution stable for being mishandled by Retribution, so it'll be like a Retribution against Retribution. Ooh. We'll have Retribution Wolfpack coming soon. Oh, God, no. Uh, <laughs> and the final member. Ah, oh, Ali. Yeah, what's his first M- name? Mustafa. Mustafa. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, thumbs down are all this week, as of most weeks. Yeah, thumbs down. Um, although, I, I love... I don't know if people are liking it or not, but... If you can't can't tell by how much I loved Halloween Havoc, how much I love like spooky, like cringe stuff in wrestling, I love the Alexa Bliss fiend stuff at the moment. I love it. Yeah. I'm I'm not seeing a lot of praise for it online, so I feel like I'm on an island with it, but I enjoy it a lot. No, you're not alone. Yeah, It's just waiting to see where they're going to be paired with, I think, for myself. Yeah. Also, they shouldn't have given the briefcase to The Miz. They should have given it to John Morrison. God, that would be so much better. I know why they gave it to The Miz. Oh, there's a million reasons why. Miz and Mrs. on USA is probably the biggest reason. Because he's The Miz. And he's awesome. And what? And what's his first name? Oh, his shoot Mike, first name. Mike Mizana. Mizanin. So Mike is awesome. So technically, he's <laughs> Mike awesome. So he should be my favorite wrestler. Then okay, it's settled. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So that's uh. I think that's everything we watched. Oh, no, there's actually a New Japan show that I'll watch, but we'll touch on that in a moment. Uh, upcoming pay-per-views, November the 7th, New Japan presents Power Struggle. 
Then on November the 8th, AEW Full Gear. November the 15th, New Japan will start their Best of the Super Juniors and World Tag League tournaments. Oh, boy. Are you um, excited? Honestly, no. <laughs> so, uh, hang on. I'm going to send you a video, and I want you to watch it on air without reading any further on the notes. Uh, so, hang on. Share. Messenger. Alex. All right. Give it a... Give it a second to travel all the way down to Victoria from Queensland. Needs to take its 20-second COVID check. <laughs> yeah. Did it get oh. past the borders? Yeah, it's, it's here. Okay, give that a play. Oh, yeah, it's in Japanese, sorry. Yeah, that's fine. I love that entry fight ass. Who we got? Taguchi. Okay. Yeah, pretty pretty good man. Yeah, that's that's the Yano match for the juniors. <laughs> Entry number two. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, it's Master Watto. <laughs> <laughs> Who we got here? Show. Well, no, nah, not that show. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. Okay. Wow. Sniper of the Skies. Yeah, Robbie, Robbie's going over. I had no idea. Oh, didn't you? No, I had no idea. <laughs> Legitimately. Who we got here? Hiromu, big, big shocker, probably going to win. Yeah, first time he missed last year with his injury. Bushi, a guy that should be getting a bigger push than he gets. I think Bushi is incredible. El Desperado, I guess I'll finally get a chance to watch some of his singles stuff. My boy. Yeah, he's your boy. The hooligan luchador. No, I didn't. That's a ridiculous name. Yoshinobu Katamaru. Yeah, and then we got two more. (laughs) I didn't realise his name, too. It's on his T-shirt. Um... I just, I didn't realise that was his name. I thought it might have just been like a t-shirt. Heel Master Yoshinobu Katamaru. Hapones Del Mal. Doki. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah me neither. Something. Something? Yeah. Man, Taiji Ishimori is such a handsome dude. <laughs> Good looking rooster. He sure is. Yeah. And then they run down everything and where it is. Like, so it starts on the 15th, goes for until the 6th, with the uh, final being shortly after that. All right. Um, 
Oh, there's a Super J Cup announcement after this? What? Oh, yeah. Didn't you know? <laughs> no. I've told you. I'm out of the New Japan loop. All right. We can probably wait uh, another two minutes for me to just finish this video, right? Let's yeah. get some more live reactions here. I don't know how good this makes for a podcast, but... Oh, I'll put the video in the description. Yeah. Junior Heavyweight is coming back to the USA. I love New Japan announcer voice. It's so good. Eight spectacular warriors cross promotional bar barriers to do battle in a one night single elimination tournament. They are TJP. That's cool. ACH. That's awesome. Oh, Leo Rush. Impact logo. Oh, sorry. We yeah, have, Chris Bay. We have to Wait, pause it for a split second. We got an Impact logo on a New Japan video. That's insane. Now we got Ray Horus from Ring of Honor. We got a Ring of Honor logo. Yep. What? We've got a GCW logo on a New Japan video. Blake Christian. That's a that's a hell of a pickup. Clark Connors? Good. And El Fantasmo. Yeah, one night tournament, thirteenth of December. Yeah, wow. Okay. Um Wow, wrestling. More R block. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. More R block. Little flippy guys. Yeah, bugger. I was hoping I, I can get you to not do any more R block so I can just win at this point. <laughs> yeah, so uh, announced for Best of the Super Juniors, Hiromi Takahashi, Ryusuke Taguchi, Master Watto, Show, El Desperado, Bushi, Yoshinobu Katamaro, Doki. Taiji Esramori and Robbie Eagles. Robbie, Robbie, Robbie. Oh, man. Oi, oi, oi. I, I just, like, because no one had told me Robbie was announced and I'm watching the show and, like, watching it on delay and go, oh, yeah, you know, I've been a bit out of the loop. Oh, there's Super Juniors announcement. Okay, I'll check this, this out tonight. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm today years old finding out Robbie's gone to Japan. So, yeah, that's mind-blowing to me. Um, yeah, I'm suffering from G1 hangover. Like, it's just like, I don't even want to think about New Japan right now after all the G1 we watched. But I'm going to have to snap into it, aren't I? Snap into a, uh, a beef treat of some sort, maybe? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, that wasn't my best. Um, but, yeah. yeah, aren't you looking forward to the co-main event of Power Struggle? Which one? <laughs> Naito Evil again? Yeah, no, nah, not that one. What, what else is main eventing? What else is co-main eventing? Uh, 
That's actually a good question. Why not bring it up? <laughs> uh, Naito versus Evil. No, thanks. Yeah, both titles. Yawn. Um, Hasn't that been done to death? Like, start the year, Naito, double champ. Wow, so many possibilities. Could we see a Los Ingobernables match? Here, have Evil, evil five times. Yawn. <laughs> Abushi versus Jay White. That'll be fine. I'd, oh, that's I'd a briefcase s- defense match. Yeah. Singles match for the Tokyo Dome. Oh, yeah, for both titles. Certificate. Rights certificate, apparently. And then we got a, a, another briefcase rights certificate match. Kenta oh, yeah. versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tana for the US title. Briefcase. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Kazuchika Okada versus the Great Okan. Yeah, that'll be all right. I- I'm actually genuinely intrigued by that. I just want to see what Okan can bring. Uh, Suzuki versus Shingo for the Never Openweight title, which will probably be a banger. And. Why did I read this card in reverse? Sorry, humans. And the opening match is Toriyanu, the champion, defending his King of Pro Wrestling 2020 trophy against Zack Sabre Jr. in a no-corner-pads match. I love that. (laughs) I love that for a gimmick. Like, it makes sense. Why wouldn't you want that against Yano? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's, so from... six, it's six matches on a card, so it's not going to be that hard to watch. So, yeah, why not check it out? Until the main event where I fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we sign off, Alex, do you have a TV champion of the week? I sure do. Cool. Get angry, Chris, because it's Cameron Grimes. Yeah, that's a fair enough choice. I just loved everything he did, especially when he he's such a misogynistic pig that he walks into a bathroom and sees the silhouette of someone showering that he just assumes that that means he can get in there with him. So he, like, takes off his shirt and stuff, and he starts strutting towards the shower. And then as he struts, the thing turns around, and it's a zombie, and he sort of, like, takes a bit of a bump. Oh, man, so good. Um, Honourable mention to Walter and Ilya Dragunov. Like, I could have picked either one of the two. I couldn't decide between the two, so I was like, I'm just going to give it to Cameron Grimes. (laughs) That's fair enough. Uh, Honourable mention for myself to um, James Mitchell. Hell yeah. (laughs) But I'm going to have to give it to... Johnny Bravo. Oh, you bastard. You've ruined it, damn it. (laughs) But yes, Johnny Bravo. (laughs) Oh, serious? I I just (laughs) saw your notes that said Adam page on it so i thought that was going to be a legit one 
No, that's from last week because I realised I wanted to surprise you this week. Ah, <laughs> oh, bugger. Yeah, all right. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Well, I, I ruined that one. Real joke killer there. Um, well, but yeah. Well, you you picked you picked your wrestling TV champion of the week from a non wrestling segment, and I kind of did as well. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Well, it's all in good fun. Um, so we're at that time. Alex, where can the good humans find you on social media? Instagram, Twitter, at Fruity is Alex. Ooh. And you can follow the show at WrestleOzStyle. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I am at I am Chris Funder. You can listen back to the entire Wrestling Ozstyle archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and possibly YouTube before the end of the year. <laughs> I'm a busy man. I'm sorry. Exactly. Exactly. We got lives, folks. We're live, pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so with that being said, we shall bid you adieu. Alex, any last words for the humans? Stay spooky.